You're listening to Your HR Homegirl, the podcast, where I show you how to go from an overlooked, underpaid, budding professional to designing and thriving in a career that you are absolutely in love with. I'm Alexis, your HR Homegirl. Let's jump right in. All right, so today we're going to be going through a very popular um, forum looking for career advice and <laughs> or questions on career advice and debunking popular career advice or whatever, you know, I feel like doing whatever I see. Um, a lot of people go here to, you know, ask questions to people who, you know, claim to be professionals. So we're, we're, gonna, we're just doing a, a deep dive today on what's going on. So let's stick to it. Um, all right, found one. Finally got a job interview via code email. So after almost two years of job hunting, then COVID-19 throwing a wrench and everything, I basically given up on finding an entry-level job. I was feeling hopeless and especially bummed out because I never would hear back from any of my applications, even for low-end retail hospitality jobs. That really sucks, to be honest. And I'm not going to get my commentary all the way through, but screw 2020. Um... It felt so pointless upon the jobs. Flash forward to the other day, I noticed a retro video game store that had opened up near my girlfriend's place. Oh, well, I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> ah. Bless me. Oh, I should probably edit that out, but I'm not. So here we are. Um, flash forward to the other day, and I noticed a retro video game store had opened in my girlfriend's place a couple months ago, and I decided, screw it, I'll send them an email and ask if they have any part-time opportunities. I didn't expect to hear back at all, but within an hour, the owner responded. A couple more emails exchanged, and he offered me to come in for an interview this week. I lost my deep mind and literally started crying. I finally got a job interview, and at a place I can actually see myself being happy working at. Oh, I'm about to cry. Oh, <laughs> Um, if I haven't decided to send that email, I wouldn't have been out for an interview. I'm really anxious, and I hope the interview goes well. But I finally have some hope back in me. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> that is so nice. Oh, I don't know why I was expecting it to take a turn, because 2020 has been really wild. But that is actually amazing. And it's something, I mean, I talked about it on my other podcast um, episode, but that cold emailing, like, reaching out to to companies or recruiters or hiring managers or, you know, just taking that leap. And even if they don't have anything posted, just asking like, hey, can you keep me posted if you have anything? Um, Please let me know. Here's my information. And I mean, it's just a testament. And there are several like that that I've seen, you know, over the years. But I think people really underestimate, you know, the power of just, you know, going back to how they used to do it before Indeed or LinkedIn. And that was simply, you know, emailing somebody about a job that you really wanted. And it shows initiative. And as you see, it definitely has um, good results. Oh, <laughs> so this one is kind of funny. <laughs> it says, no one cares, mate. <laughs> and it has a screenshot of LinkedIn. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'll be thinking the same thing <laughs> because people get on LinkedIn and they have like all of these, you know, long posts about, you know, 
You know, I hired a candidate who didn't have any experience. Why did I do that? And they go into this long spiel just to say that, you know, you should take a chance. Well, duh. I mean, it's an entry-level position. (laughs) And so this dude was like, no one cares, mate. And then (laughs) he had a screenshot of the dude post, and the dude posted, we hired someone with zero experience. We thought he would be a good fit with our culture. And mind you, I'm I'm actually about to read it the way he typed it on LinkedIn because it just really made me mad. (laughs) <laughs> he typed it like a haiku or something. He said, we hired someone with zero zero experience, capital zero, <laughs> period. Enter, enter. That's the enter, enter, because he went down two lines. <laughs> we thought he would be a great fit with enter, enter. Why would you stop in the middle of a sentence and enter, enter? You are so weird. <laughs> he thought we, we thought he would be a great fit with enter, enter, our culture. So we took a chance, period, enter, enter. He has since been promoted twice, period, enter, enter. Sometimes people just need a chance, period, enter, enter. Agree? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yikes. Ah, and then in the comment, the very first comment, <laughs> somebody was like, that's LinkedIn, enter, enter, only allow, enter, enter, a certain number of words, enter, enter per line. Oh. Somebody else was like, I have no idea, enter, enter, why people on LinkedIn write like this, enter, enter. I think one person did it and got a lot of likes, enter, enter, and everyone started copying him slash her. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God, they keep doing it. I'm not going to go through all that. Y'all really, <laughs> y'all should go just <laughs> look at different forms across the internet <laughs> and see what they're talking about, because this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, that was kind of sad. We're going to look at it, though. Um, let's go. Recent grad in need of major criticism, 100-plus applications and no callbacks. That is so sad, y'all. Let's look at it. Okay. I mean, at first glance, the format looks really nice um, as far as, you know, how it's laid out. Yeah, the format is really nice and easy to read. I would say that the first, the second thing that I noticed is that their bullet points are not associated with their experience, are not like quantifiable results. So it's just like I did this, like I compiled author, authored and translated regional reports for prospective partner companies. I, you know, stressed the importance of good study habits, drafted presentations, conference reports, and event summaries. And I know as a student, it can be kind of hard to, you know, find what you contributed to an organization. But in this economy, it's really important to to do something more than saying that you, you know, handled cash or serve people with good customer service. Like, that's really so 2014. Um, and in 2020, a lot of things have changed and people are actually looking for you to contribute to the organization and it's very unrealistic in my opinion, but they're looking to you to have contributed to an organization in a in a compelling way that really left your mark on it. So yeah, going through this governed dining area with natural leadership talent and organizational strategies focused on balancing guests and business needs. I mean that's straight, but if I were to do that, it says he was a hostess here. So or he or she was a hostess on us who it was, he or she. But it says they were a hostess here. And that was the first bullet point under hostess. And it was the most recent experience. And also see, okay. Yeah. 
So um, what I would do with that is, you know, instead of just having governed dining area with natural leadership talents and organization strategies, um, I would definitely break down the organizational strategies because now it just looks like you're putting random words in there. So like which organizational strategies that you use, you know, did you improve the time to, you know, get them seated as a hostess from the time that they came in the door, you know, so the time to, to seat them and then seating them in a specific area based on a strategy or, you know, a method that you developed for them. Um, and then talking about the impact of it, you know, so I, I like I said before, I, I lowered the time to, you know, get guests seated, you know, the lowered the wait time. I improved the, um, the guest experience by ensuring that people were, you know, seated in whatever, like maybe there's a restaurant <laughs> strategy out there about, you know, seeing people a certain distance apart or like even now in COVID, you could even take advantage of that and say like, yeah, I did, you know, kind of look at best practices on seating people apart so we can safely have them into the restaurant. And it just shows, you know, what leadership, you know, skills that you did showcase by taking advantage of that opportunity and showing initiative, as opposed to just saying, I use my leadership talents, because first of all, what is a leadership talent? I really would like somebody to break that down for me. Um, And an organizational strategy. Yeah, so like what strategies did you use? Did you organize the hostesses? You know, were you the lead hostess? Did they all look up to you? Were they inspired by your presence? If so, why and how? Um, I mean, <laughs> that was too much, but <laughs> you get the idea. Just breaking it down a little bit more. And it doesn't, again, have to be anything like grand, just something like, you know, you decrease wait time. How did you decrease wait time? If you're going to say something about organizational strategies, like break those strategies down. Which strategies you use? What was the impact of it? Don't just start talking and naming things because it looks like you found this online and just copied and pasted it. And that's not okay. So, yeah, 100 plus applications and no call. It's because you're not really bragging on yourself or showing like what you did or, you know, showcasing your leadership experience or transferable skills because their major is international studies and they studied abroad quite a few times and I just feel like if they were to take even those bullet points you know and break them down it's like what impact they had on them or like the impact that they had on that you know study abroad university then it's like that will really speak volumes to them Uh, modern and political science Asian studies and global security was their concentration Um, so and also, it looks like, I don't know what they're applying for, but that's another thing. Um, somebody should be able to look at your resume and, like, see where to send you. Like, if you look at um, this resume, it just looks like a bunch of random experience with some study abroad stuff. And if it was, like, an entry-level, you know, regular job, like, yeah, I might give you a chance, but I really don't know what you're, what you're interested in. This resume should be really about your brand. So the summary... At the top, it's really a um, objective, but they change it to a summary. Um, and that's not what a summary is. You can't just change the word. A summary is literally a summary. And I think that if you're trying to pivot or, you know, do a career change that, you know, quick bullet points, like maybe two to three at the top, or um, I don't like paragraphs on resumes because I feel like that's a lot going on to read. I will, you know, do it if it's like relevant, if I need to do it. Um, but bullet points usually do do the trick. And if you have a paragraph, then you can easily just break it up into bullet points. So, yeah, pro tip. But, yeah, the summary should talk about what you're doing and how that relates to the job you're applying for in the field. 
And this resume just looks like a bunch of experience that they had and not really targeted toward a certain thing. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, especially recent graduates. They don't target it toward a certain thing. Like when I talk to people, they're like, oh, I want a certain job um, in my field, but I also just want a job. And it's like, nope, which one do you want? Because I can only do one or the other. Like I can't like it like it to be effective. I can't, you know, provide you with just a general resume because that's basically what you have already. Like, there's no need for you to come here. Like, what we're trying to do is get you in your field, you know, get you in a job that you can grow in. Um, and I'm unable to do that if you are, you don't even know what you want to do. So, yeah, at least get like a field or an industry and target towards that. And I'm not saying you can't put any of your past experience on there. But like, for instance, with her major being Asian Studies, Global Security, Political Science, um, I think showing which organizational strategy and leadership challenge that she did have would really, really um, help her stand out because um, political science and, you know, studying abroad and like international business is like, like you have to really know how to like manage your time, manage people, manage, you know, processes, improve processes, implement policies and things like that. And just putting keywords like organizational strategy really isn't going to showcase how you can, you know, work in that field. But um, yeah, she also has a market research intern, supported eight financial advisor efforts by researching and analyzing international markets for clients. That is nice. Got a number in there. I like numbers. <laughs> supported eight senior financial advisor efforts by researching and analyzing international markets for for clients, I would, you know, take a step further um, and say resulting in this or, you know, why that is important, why that research was important. Um, compiled, authored, and translated regional reports to respect the partner clients. That's more like a task as opposed to an accomplishment. And I think that's where a lot of people get kind of off. Like a resume is not a bunch of tasks. I'm actually going to stop reading this because I'm getting bored. <sighs> But a resume is not a bunch of tasks. It is a brag sheet. So you don't need to mention like what you did. But you don't have to put a server. You serve food, talk to customers, create a good customer experience. Like, duh. Like, that's what a server does. Like, everybody's been to a restaurant knows that's what a server does. Um, so you don't have to reiterate like what your duties were. But you need to talk about how you made an impact. Your resume is a brag sheet, point blank, period. Like, I don't want to hear about you know, what you did in your mundane tasks and duties on your day-to-day, whatever. I want to hear about how you made an impact. And even if you didn't make an impact, I want to hear about something that you, first of all, make an impact. Second of all, if you didn't make an impact, I want to hear about something more than, you know, you just went in there, clocked in and clocked out, you know, because that's how you, you know, stand out, especially as a recent graduate. Um, But let's move on. Like causing headaches for employees. Moving right along, moving right along, moving right right along. Oh, that's a good format. There's a lot of customer, not customer, um, computer science people on here looking for stuff, which is interesting. That's Apparently, that's places really, really. I wonder if it's because they're on here because um, this is just a form that they would probably use because, you know, they're computer savvy. 
and I don't know what they use. Let me stop playing with them, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I wonder why they're on here. It's like a lot of them. Hmm. I guess, you know, being on a computer at a time, you do kind of forms like this. You do want to, you know, use it, but yeah. Okay. So oh, we have a lot of UK people. I can't help UK people. Oh no, 23 new graduates stressed to the brinks. Oh, oh, I don't even, oh, my heart is already hurting. Um, title sums it up. Graduated officially in July with a first in architecture. I don't know why that first is there. Looks like a typo, I'm gonna read over it. Graduated officially in July with a um, degree in architectural engineering building services, then seriously kind to secure employment since June, 2019. Yikes, either in the format of graduate schemes, part-time, full-time work in my field, menial jobs such as store staff and work in areas I have previous experience such as personal assistance and copywriting. Not a blip, nothing. I've had less than five interviews all kaput. I must've applied to close to 300 positions now. Everyone I show my resume to, um, family, friends, interviews, recruiting agencies, employment investors says they, it all looks great, looks impressive, but I haven't had any employment offers today. I have responsibilities and take care of myself and my family. I have debt and be able to afford basic commodities. I can't afford any of that. Stress is all just mounting as time goes on and my frustration grows. I feel like every I've exhausted every path and I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm so utterly lost. I need something, a chance, advice, or words of encouragement. Oh, I think I might take the time to actually respond to this one. Let me say this one, come back to it. But oh my God, like that is just so um, relevant. Like that post-grad, you know, piece, like I went through post-grad depression really hard. Um, I was like drinking a lot, you know, going out, really ignoring my responsibilities and really on that, you know, wave of I'm just going to live, you know, I can't, I can't find a job, I can't do anything, so I'm just going to live. And when I actually got serious and buckled down, I mean, everything started to fall together when I started to build a plan. But I understand that, especially in this economy, like, it's, it's so hard. And like reading that really just almost brought tears because it's like really... I don't know, I just really felt it on a spiritual level. Like, <laughs> remembering what I went through with my friends and I went through. Postgrad ain't nothing to play with, um, especially if you ain't got nothing lined up. That's why it's real important. Like, while you're in school, like, don't, don't, please don't overestimate your abilities to just graduate and find a job because you're so far. You are an undergraduate student in, in the sea of millions of undergraduate students who just graduated that same year, same month, who just hit the job market and you no longer are special. Like, you gotta do something more. Um, but yeah, let me read these comments. I graduated in 2017, had a ton of interviews, but not much luck with a job. In the first six months, I started doing freelance work and running my own business by providing services to those to give me some experience and also some money. This was enough to give me a job a few months later as it was experienced in my field. I think you may have to get creative as there are so many. Oh my God. When I say I literally just did and oh, I literally just made a post about that like side hustles and to be honest a lot of people don't know this your HR homegirl was started because I did not have much experience in HR 
And so I took it upon myself to like take all these courses, get some certifications, um, connect to HR professionals, get a job, and then make sure that that job was still related, you know, in some way, shape, form, or fashion to HR. So I was still up to date on industry standards. I then went out, you know, and started helping people get jobs, became an employment specialist of sorts, and, you know, really immersed myself in the field of HR and like instructional design because I'm designing some few courses or whatever because that's not where I eventually want to end up. And a lot of people don't know, like, yeah, it was started not because I just wanted to do resumes and like help people, you know, with their cover letters because I just love writing or whatever. But, and, you know, I'm HR, so it might be easy for me, but I really did it because I needed some tangible stuff on my resume. Your HR home grows on my resume. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I had interviews and like your HR home grow comes up and they're like, oh, yeah, that's really what I wanted to talk to you about. And it's like, oh, girl, you should have hit me up on LinkedIn because we're here to talk business. <laughs> so you trying to give me a job or not? <laughs> Because you know you didn't, you know, go through this whole process just to talk about that. But no, um, I had some some success, some offers, you know, after that. But I really go into that, you know, talking about your HR homegirl and what I did to, like, grow this brand and my direction and my vision with it and why, you know, it's so important to me and, you know, my love for HR and everything, you know, employment related. But, wow, I love that, you know, because I think that's so underrated. And a lot of people don't, you know, see the importance of, like, the brand that they're building, um, and they're like, you know, I'm majoring in business and, you know, I started my own business. It's like, well, if your major is like marketing, general business, like HR, like whatever your major is, like nine times out of ten, you can relate that back to your small business and then put it in your resume. Talk about how you, you know, you're the sole, you're solely responsible for like the marketing, editing, copywriting, like all of that. Like that's really important, um, especially if you've been able to grow that brand. You know, a lot of y'all talking about how you hit like six figures or like five figures, you know, in like one month or like I hit 10,000, you know, this month. That is an accomplishment. Like companies would love to have you um, if you're applying actively. But obviously, if you're working on your brand, then keep working on your brand. But if you're like somebody who wants to have a job and then wants to work on a side business and that's something that you've been able to do, I mean, put that on your resume. And then you have like two streams of income already. Um, but yeah, that's literally like my story. Um, I just, I literally, started your HR homegirl because I, I need the experience and I I did it. So here we are. I created a brand and people see me now as the, you know, HR. Like I've had, you know, speaking engagements <laughs> from like people who I never would have, you know, thought would have reached out to me. You know, people who are like years older, you know, alumni, people who, you know, are like, we need you to talk about HR. We need you to talk about, you know, getting organized in your job search. We want you to talk about you know, like leadership development, like we need you to come in here and do this. And I'm like, why are y'all coming to me? And I thought about it, like I've created a brand around this. And I mean, I've done a good job that people see me as like the authority in it because of course that's the goal. Um, but yeah. And somebody else is like, you're not too far removed from school. That's where I would start. And yeah, I think that's another thing. If I continue reading that, well, I'm finished reading that. I ain't gonna do that. Did you have any internships? I have recruited for and managed several university relations programs for employers I've worked for, and there was a clear difference between good and average candidates. Ooh. Even though you're entry level, having some experience on your resume will go a long way, helping you qualify for those precious few roles. I talked about this not too long ago. Are they plugging themselves? Do too much, don't do too much. Good luck and keep us posted. I ain't keeping you posted because you really just did too much. Um, but I think that's really important. But okay, so if you're an undergrad, I think it's important to take note of. But if you already graduated, then I got something else for you. So if you're an undergraduate student and you're reading that and they're like, Oh, you know, did you have internships? First of all, take advantage of all the internships you can get. I know a lot of people are like, you know, I'd rather have a job, make money or whatever, and I think that is a sign of the times. And I think that 
uh, how do I say this? I don't know. I think a lot of us come from poverty. And so, like, all we know is, like, how to, you know, like, grind, grind, grind so we won't be in the same position before. But it's, like, you're in school for a reason unless you really, really, really need, like, a job. Um, or if you're, like, working part-time already, like, get an internship. Like, it really is one of the most, like, the most important things of your, your undergraduate career to prepare you for real life. You get connections. You get experience. Um, and some of them even offer you a job afterwards. So not taking advantage of internships is, like, a surefire way to set yourself back in a job market that's already saturated and very competitive and if you already graduated or like you recently graduated up to six months i believe and even up to a year a lot of companies take internships um or take people for internships who have already graduated like we had some interns who were graduated at our company when i first started and they were like a year out and you know some of them transitioned to full-time roles and some of them you know didn't but that that just lets you know that like interns don't have to be like undergraduate students or you know sophomores or juniors like they can be seniors they can be you know recent graduates i've even seen internships you know get people who are supposed to be in entry-level positions i think that's really you know inappropriate stupid but they do it uh, so don't count yourself out and if you don't have that opportunity like you're a year over a year out then now's the time to you know volunteer or you know build your skills and showcase your skills like say for instance you are a computer science um, or a developer or, you know, something like that, then you need to be, um, if you're unemployed, if you're looking for a job while you're working your, you know, regular nine to five job that really isn't fulfilling you, then you should be, you know, practicing your craft outside of it, developing code. Again, don't get me on like the the, the terminology, but like developing code or an app where I know that takes a lot of time, but just do something that shows that you are actively still practicing you know, outside of outside of school, because that comment about, you know, the difference between good and average candidates, like, it's so many people, y'all, and you might think that you are good, because you're just good with those people around you, you're better than the people around you. But in reality, like, there's so many more people doing like so many spectacular things. And it's not to say that you're not great, and you're not awesome. But at the same time, it's like, they really like from the jump, like when they came to college, like they had a, a head start, you know, whether a background, like whatever it is, like, of course, they had a head start. So we got to do a little bit more. And um, one way to do it is get an internship. But if you can't, I mean, continue to work on yourself and build those skills. Because if you look at like somebody who might be the same age as you from like a, a UCLA, a Howard or, you know, a um, Princeton, and these are predominantly white institutions, I, I understand that. But given the environment, the um, economy and what we already know about the job search, like why give anybody else any more incentive to not choose us? You know, like you go on their LinkedIn and their accounts, like they're out here volunteering there, out here connecting with people there, you know, making posts on LinkedIn, making videos, becoming influencers, starting businesses, getting certifications, building their skills, taking courses, and they're very vocal about it because they understand the purpose of, you know, building a professional brand. And I think that's something that's really important um, for for people who are seeking roles, especially as an as a new graduate and you don't have any experience. Um, if you cannot relate your your current experience to your your job search, then you need to do something more like dude said before, you know, starting a small business or um, making sure you take advantage of internships if you are able to do that. So yeah. Somebody said maybe it's racial. <laughs> ah, it's because I'm black. <laughs> Let me, um, so, yeah, that's it. I'm not going to go through no more. I think I might do this, like, once a once a month or so. Or it might be a bonus because that is actually, I don't know. I like that. I think I'm going to do that more often. 
just go through this form and and look at stuff and comments and posts that people post and see if we can answer some of their questions. And I think one day I might open a form on Erase Your Home Girl and y'all can just go in there and I can be reading some of y'all comments. Hmm, who knows? But yeah, um, for those of you searching, you know, it, it is really hard. And I don't want you to ever think, because I think that a lot of career coaches and resume writers and people um, who are LinkedIn gurus or whatever they call themselves, that they, it's like they've almost never struggled, you know. Like I, I saw somebody today, and although I appreciate it, you know, for me, I prefer like realness. So like I prefer people like Letitia, you know, who like tell you how they struggled and then how they are like currently working, how they continue to work on themselves. But like they were like, you know, when I graduated, I did this and I did this and this happened to me and this happened to me. And I looked at their, you know, LinkedIn on their resume, and it's like you're not speaking for the average recent graduate who has to work a job like myself like I had to work through college I had um bills like real bills car note rent um insurance and it's really high because my credit was bad <laughs> it's better now but it was really bad and I was like a sophomore from sophomore year to all the way to my second year of college um second year senior year second senior year whatever that is I was working and I'm talking about full time, over full time, like I see like 70 plus hours and, you know, was president of an organization, joined another organization, was active in their uh, community service share, was fundraising share, like was really, you know, I don't know how I did it, to be honest. <laughs> I really don't, but I did all of that. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, like, oh, I, I did it so you can do what I'm saying it because it's like I think people need to humanize themselves a little bit more. And honestly, that's one thing I love about myself and your HR homegirls that I truly am like your homegirl. Like I get what you're going through. Like I will never tell you to do something that I have not done or, you know, practiced or like anything else and, you know, don't have experience with. So um, and I'm not like that, that typical person who had like SGA, you know, experience and, you know, did all this other stuff. But I, I was I was pretty, pretty nice on campus. But still, I still had real big girl responsibility. So. Yeah, stay focused, stay um, encouraged, and yeah, I think I'm going to do this again, so have a great day. <laughs> hey, it's your HR Homegirl. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Your HR Homegirl, the podcast. Be sure to follow Your HR Homegirl on Instagram at yourhrhomegirl.co and Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Your HR Homegirl. And check out our career development and resume writing services by visiting our website, www.yourhrhomegirl.co. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.